the pleasure in my sex life was very much solo. Um, and he was, he was the first person that I really experienced pleasure with. So welcome to another fantastic, fabulous, epic episode of Tickle Dot Lives podcast. So I have a really awesome guest that I'm super excited to have on the show. Um, for everybody who doesn't know who I am, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette, holistic sexual wellness specialist, BDSM wellness specialist, high priestess of divine sexual magic and elemental magics, and trauma expert. And I love going on these adventures. Like, I love them. You never, I, I don't do any research about the guests before they show up. I get to have this really, as you get to meet them, I'm meeting them too. And so we get to have this adventure together. So, awesome guests. Introduce Hi. yourself. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ronner. I am a sexuality educator. Nice. And the question I always ask all my guests before we get into your story that you're going to take us on this adventure with you mm -hmm. um, is, do you sleep in the nude or with pajamas? Oh, absolutely in the nude. I, I, I can't sleep with anything on except the sheets. <laughs> See, I knew I'd like you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do it, honestly. It's so constraining. I feel claustrophobic. Like Me when too. I go to bed with like like it's I I gotta tell a funny story. So <laughs> when um anytime I've been in circumstances, like I've slept nude since I was a child. Like as mm -hmm. soon as I could figure out how to take my pajamas off, I would be butt naked, right? So I think I was like be early before I was even one. And I remember in adulthood being there's times where you know you're either sharing a bed with somebody or you're staying with family right. or whatever where you're like it's not really appropriate to sleep naked and i hate clothes so i mean i'm a nudist <laughs> all across the board right but sleeping i hate clothes so much that i would sleep strip i would wake up i wouldn't even be aware of it i'd take all my clothes off throw them on the floor and I'd wake up without remembering and I wake up naked so yeah I'm I'm with you on the whole like not being sleeping with clothes on yeah I've done the exact same thing like I've actually woken up like tangled in my tank top like you know like halfway off because I was trying to get it off in my sleep and I'd wake up you know all jacked up going oh my god what's you know self-bondage oh my god but uh <laughs> All right, my next question to you is commando or panties? It's on the day. Um, okay. Now, pandemic wear has typically been sundress and completely commando. Hmm. Because, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nice. but, um, but I have really big tits and I do like to show off the cleavage. So if I'm going out, then, then, then I'm usually like, you know, wrestling them back in and lifting them back up to where they, you know, should have stayed for my life. <laughs> uh, all right. So what are you going to talk to us about? What story or what's the adventure you're taking us on with you? I am going to tell you about Paul. And Paul was the first lover that made me feel unashamed of my body and my sexuality. Mm, that's good. 
so many, so many of us are carrying shame around sex in our bodies. So, all right. So, so paint I us was, a picture. How uh, old were you? I was 19 years old. Okay. Uh, I was working as a receptionist at an Arthur Murray dance studio. Okay. And um, the important part about that is it was the best work hours that you could imagine for like a starter job because I worked from one in the afternoon till 10 at night. So I could sleep in every morning. I would get up, have some lunch, go to work. I'd work until 10 at night. When I got off at 10 at night, I would go out for my happy hour, but everybody else would be going out for the night. So I would be going out to places where there was some high energy and people wanting to have fun. Um, uh, so, you know, I would, on a typical night, I would head out with some friends, usually from the dance studio, and, and we'd hit this bar up the road. Uh, so this one night, I was there, I was, we were kind of in a group of people watching a band, and uh, one of the guys kept flirting with me, and I flirted back. And, uh, you know, younger and not as aware of potential circumstances with going home with strangers, um, he asked me for a ride home, and I gave it to him. Mm. Um, I started to get a little nervous um, as he was giving me directions because we were going down these long roads, and we ended up at the end of this road in a marina, right? So you pull into this marina. With a stranger. I can see how that could be a little bit nervous <laughs> making, yes. So he tells me he's actually been crashing with a friend who is rebuilding a yacht. So the yacht's on dry dock. So this, this yacht is covered in blue tarps, up on stilts, right? And he's like, come, he's like lifting the tarp and he's like, come in for a drink. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, this, this, this is a really bad idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. <laughs> so I go in with him. We're sitting in this little galley area and it was okay, really. Okay. So I, I have a question. I have a question. Okay. So was it your intuition that made you realize you were safe to, to make that choice? But your yeah. brain, but your brain was like, um, this looks like the beginning of a horror movie. Pretty much. But yeah, okay. so, I mean, totally. It was about, I, I did feel safe. I didn't feel threatened. None of the little internal alarm bells were going off. Um, and so I felt comfortable proceeding. Okay. So nice. that's, I, I, that's always important is that yeah. there's things that we can perceive as being like, oh, this, the, the perception, that external perception is like, uh, maybe not be a good idea, but yet internally we're like, no, this feels really safe or yeah. the opposite, which is it looks really safe and your warning yeah. bells are like, oh, mm -hmm. something is not good. So it's like learning to deter, like to really listen to that. So, right. okay, continue. So <laughs> we're sitting in the little galley area of the yacht. I mean, it was a pretty big yacht, um, but it was still, you know, inside of boats are kind of cramped. We're sitting there and he pours me a drink and, um, I, you know, I'm giggling at something that he says, and he, and, he, and he shushes me and says, my friend is sleeping, you know, in the other, in one of the rooms. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. And just then, we hear this voice booming out, very deep voice booming out. Did you bring someone home to me? Um, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. So he, the, the guy that I'm with, who I have to tell you, I cannot remember this guy's name for the life of me. That's okay. Probably shouldn't out people anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the, guy that I, the guy that I came home with walks down the little 
the little hallway and peeks his head in one of the you know birth areas and is talking to the guy and and, and this guy's voice just carried it was really deep and you know and he says well tell her to come in here i'd like to get a look at her and so he beckons me over and i go over and i stick my head in as well and he says wow aren't you lovely not like the, the girls he normally brings home or something to that effect and and as i'm looking in all i can see is like at the end of this you know very narrow berth is i can see the bed across the end of it um this really brightly colored kind of like um, um native american kind of blanket pattern okay. kind of blanket very bright <clears throat> i don't even see him yet but i see a long blonde braid kind of hanging over one end and then i see these two really piercing blue blue eyes and he asked me to come closer so i kind of walk in and he pulls the blanket down and like i remember my first impression of him was that he was kind of this wizened old indian kind of guy um turns out he was just a hippie uh you know uh real free spirit but um I think he was in his 40s at the time and I was 19. Yeah. Um, so he seemed older to me, right? Uh, oh, well, 19, 40 year old. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> as I came closer, he said, Won't you give me a good night kiss? And, you know, again, it felt right. I leaned in and I put my lips on his and kissed him and kept kissing him. And he kept kissing me. And I felt the other guy behind me kind of rubbing my back and touching me as I'm kissing this other man. And then suddenly the other guy's gone. He just disappears. Um, you know, and it was just this kind of weird, like, I just kind of noticed he wasn't there anymore because I was really lost in this guy kissing me. It was, you know, when you talk about fireworks and all of that, like it was all that. And it was it was it really was just kind of magical so he asked me to lay down with him and i did and we're just kissing and touching and and okay hold on i gotta ask uh, some questions all right okay so this is sounding very mm, bdsm power exchange stuff kind of happening like so what was your experience like and like in the whole like being asked to do this in this with this stranger piece like there's like this power exchange that seems to be happening yeah it's interesting that you point that out because i've never thought of it that way and that there definitely was i mean there definitely was and i hadn't been exposed yet to anything in the bdsm world that, okay. that came like five or six years later um okay. for me so it wasn't anything I recognized at the time, but he was telling me what to do and I was completely on board with doing what he asked me to do. And how did you feel? Like, what was the thoughts about the, you, you came home with another guy, like you came with another guy and then he just bailed and you were like, almost like given as a gift to this guy who was mm -hmm. in, in the boat. How did, like, was there, what was your thoughts? Did, did, was it, were you recognizing that? Were you feeling any of that stuff? Were you thinking I about it? I wasn't really at the time. I mean, I was completely lost in this guy and his kisses and his essence and just this aura around him that 
Yeah, I, I, there wasn't a lot of thinking going on at that point in time at all. <laughs> you were thinking with your vagina, weren't I you? I was. I was thinking with all of that. My clit, my vulva, all the juicy parts. They're all awake. Um, okay. All right. But, continue. Go ahead. But I had my period. Mm. So there was that slight little thought like, I'm really enjoying this, but it's not going to get too far because I have my period. Because I was programmed by society that, that you don't have sex on your period. Nobody wants to have sex with you on your period. You're dirty. You know, mm-hmm. you've got gross shit going on. So Did I that also down- make you fit, made you feel a little bit safe? Did that make it all like feel uh-huh. a little bit safer because you're like, well, I, this can't go too far because I can't go too far. Right. And it was just that kind of inkling of a thought that like, yeah. oh, this, this is fun, but it's, it's not going to really go anywhere. Okay. All right. So he, I think I had just a little dress on that he pulled off of me and, uh, you know, he's kissing my breasts and, and, you know, still kissing me and touching me. And he starts to kiss down my stomach. And it's at that point, I put my hand on his head and I said, no, I have my period. And he looks up at me and I still, I mean, his blue eyes are so vivid in my imagination, him looking up at me. And he said, why would that matter? That's the essence of life. And it's the essence of you. I want to taste you. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Really heady shit for a 19 year old. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what happens? I, I think I was just kind of stunned. I, I don't think I said anything, but I didn't stop him after that because he kept going and he pulled my underwear off and, you know, I had, I had been sexually active for, for a few years at that point. Um, and I had had a boyfriend before that who, who really liked eating pussy, mm-hmm. but this guy, oh my God, like I, I just, it was just like electricity shooting through my clit when he put his tongue on it and he was grabbing my thighs and my ass and pulling me into him and just I mean he was just feasting he was just Mm. feasting on all of me and I remember him coming up for air and just covered in my menstrual blood wow and just telling me how wonderful I tasted and how beautiful I was and, you know, I, uh, I, when he came up for air, that was after I had had an orgasm and, and, you know, and, and one like I'd never had before, you know, bucking and grinding into his face and just, oh my God. And he comes up for air, he gets up and washes his face off and he climbs back into bed with me and we go to sleep, curled up in each other. And, um, he was, he was my lover for a, a few years after that. He was totally a free spirit. And I wasn't wanting to get tied down by anything. So it was really a perfect situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I did get to eventually feel his cock inside me. But this man was like a pussy connoisseur. And that's all he wanted to do. <laughs> you know, every once in a while, he'd fuck me. But for the most part... He was just down between my legs and just going to town and it didn't like, you know, he, it, it was that, you know, he gave me that sense of abandon, that 
that and that there was nothing wrong with me. There was nothing wrong with menstruation. There was nothing wrong with my body. There was nothing wrong with my pussy, and that that was the you know the center of pleasure. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm a little warm telling that story. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, how did that change you? How did that change you be from your experiences before to led you onto the path of like in finding that particular lover who was very much a pussy connoisseur and really was gave you permission to like have this abandon and be in your body and all that stuff like how did that change you it was the it was the start of change um it still took several more years for me to really start shedding some stuff and, and, and enjoying myself. And it was only, you know, for a while there, it was only with very special people who could pick up on that. Mm. Um, I, I still didn't feel confident or empowered enough to tell somebody what I wanted or what I needed sexually. Mm. Um, but, but it was, it was the start of realizing that, that I was an incredible sexual being who could feel and experience so much. Um, you know, before that, sex was merely performative. It was something that my boyfriends wanted to do, um, and I would go home afterward and beat off because I wasn't satisfied with the things I was doing sexually with others. Mm. So. You know, my sex life was very much, the pleasure in my sex life was very much solo. Um, and he was, he was the first person that I really experienced pleasure with. Um, so, it, you know, it, 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 it told me that that was possible. That's mm. great. And I was able to go on and find it with other lovers. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a process. And I, I, wish that, I wish that our society was such that you didn't have to unlearn all of this shit before you could start learning the good stuff. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, in some ways too, like, you know, it sounds like you were very blessed that you, this happened at 19, you know, like that. So it was like early on in your sexual, your sexual career, so to yes. speak. <laughs> I'm doing it. I wish that career paid better, man. <laughs> Well, I think it does, but that's another conversation. That's another conversation. God, <laughs> in that one, you're not really getting paid to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the, but I, I think that so many, like so many people, right? Like that, they, that they may not even have that, that, that experience until they're later way yeah. later in life. And, you know, I know, one of my significant lovers was when I was 16 and you know, his whole mission in life was to give me the ultimate orgasm until I passed out. Like that was his, that was his goal. Right. Like and bless those people. <laughs> <laughs> and there I had no idea there should be more of those people, but I had no idea. Like I had no idea that that, that wasn't the norm, you know, like that, I think that's the other piece of it is that, and so it's, it's quite beautiful. I think that when we get to have that experience, no matter how old we are, mm -hmm. so beautiful because it helps us to start on our journey of 
really in that empowerment of like pleasure, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so what's the one thing that you know now that you wish you'd known when you were young? That, hmm, let me wrap my head around this little inkling of a thought. That I don't have to fit into a societal expectation of who I'm supposed to be. I just need to be me. Oh, that's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I think, um, I think authenticity is one of the sexiest things in the world. And that if you are living into your authentic self, you're going to attract the people that you need around you in your life. Here, here. So thank you for sharing. Like, thank you for sharing that experience with us. And thanks for being really graphic in that experience and making, <laughs> getting you all warm and uh, that experience. Um, you know, that's really beautiful. It's, it's really beautiful. And how can people, now here's your place where you, we can showcase you now from a professional standpoint, right? So. Okay. How can people, first of all, what do you got going on professionally? What's happening professionally with you right now? Well, I am a trained body sex facilitator. Body sex is the iconic workshop that was created by Betty Dodson in the 70s. And I've trained with her so that I can carry on her work into the future and help other vulva owners um, understand their bodies, experience pleasure, and start shedding shame um, so that they can have absolutely amazing orgasms uh, like I do <laughs> so um, which audience uh we're gonna bring Jennifer back on <laughs> to talk about her own personal journey of going to one of those workshops for the very first time so so if you're like if you've heard of Betty Dobson if you heard some of that stuff you might be like oh intriguing <laughs> and if you haven't heard you should still be intrigued so you Stay tuned for that interview. Okay. So, um, so, so that's you, can, you can find me at bodysexbyjennifer.com. Okay. Um, I do have some workshops coming up. Um, I will be doing a virtual body sex, which has been an interesting process to translate this in-person experience to virtual. But um, I, I think I have a good idea of how to do it and make it just as um, enlightening and um, as I, you know, at, uh, interesting in experience as it is in person. Um, that's a little later this fall. I'm also doing a workshop on um, discovering and telling your sexual stories, mm. um, which I'm really excited about. I've trained with that under Dr. Juliana Hauser, who pioneered that workshop 20 years ago. Um, and I'm getting ready to launch that group in the fall as well. Beautiful. Oh, and a couple of conferences. I have conferences coming up. I'm speaking at Sex Down South, which is a virtual conference. And I'm also speaking at Shadows in Light, which is a virtual conference. Nice. And we will have all of those uh, stuff in the show notes. But again, what's the best way, easiest way for them to get a hold of you? Give the, your website. 
uh, Body Sex by Jennifer. So B-O-D-Y-S-E-X-B-Y-J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R.com. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so all of our audience, thank you for hanging out with us. Thanks for having another wonderful adventure with us. And don't forget to go check out Tickle.life for all of your sexual wellness needs and education and juiciness and all the things. Um, and if you want to spend more time with me, you can find me at succulentliving.com and you can follow me on the social media platforms under Gaia Morissette. And don't forget to check out my podcast called My Orgasmic Life. And you get to learn a lot about me, sometimes a little too much. <laughs> so, have a juicy day. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye.